It's a good day to be in church today. We're so glad that you are here, here in the house, those of you watching online, and uh, we're glad that you're here with us too. We're going to get right into God's Word here. We are in the middle of a, of a series called Jesus in My Everything. And it's really meant to be sort of a follow-up to Easter. We talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ at Easter time. And Jesus is very much alive. Is he alive in you? Is he alive in me? Is he alive in every area of our lives? Of our lives. Alive in every area of our lives, yes. And so today we're going to be talking about that. If you don't know who I am, my name is Mike Schroeder, and my wife and I are part of the pastoral team. So uh, blessed to be part of the team here to serve with Pastor Tanya and Pastor Matt and all of our elders and leaders. It's just good. And we love you. We love God's house. We're glad. I'm very, very glad to be here today. I'm just going to watch my time. Uh, I've I've got a two-hour sermon. Are you ready? And there are props. Yeah. So what we've got here, what we've got here, we have... uh, we have three stories, we got three points, and we got three props. So there you go, three, three. It's all, it's all about the threes today. But uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to do something all together first, then we're going to pray, and, um, and then we'll get right into today's message. But if I could just get that first slide up with the scripture from Colossians, and I'd like us all to read that one together, just that top part there. And I just want to make sure I have the right translation. I think I do. So are you ready to read? Now, now this is where you shock yourself. You're going to hear yourself out loud in church reading as part of the sermon. Okay, you ready for this? Got four, re- got four readies and everybody else is going, I don't know. Okay, here we go. For God wanted them to know that riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. Amen. So whenever I read the word Gentiles in the scriptures, you know, that's most of us here, and I think of it as the outsiders versus the insiders. And it's not only for the insiders, it's not only for the cool guys, but it's for everybody. And so you and me, every one of us, what does it mean to have the resurrected Christ living in me? And how does this truth uh, impact my daily life? That's where we're going here today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Your, your word brings life. Your word brings light. It's a light to our feet, to our path. It's a guide. And Lord, it reveals Jesus. And I pray that there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation in all of our hearts here today, that you would receive all glory and all honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about something that is, uh, it's really the oldest trick in the book, Jesus in my doubts. And one of the very first things in human history that happened was that there was uh, a serpent um, that just spoke words 
don't ask me how that all worked because I don't know how it worked, but there was a serpent speaking words to Eve in the Garden of Eden and, and set seeds of doubt into the place. Has God, did God really say that? Did God really, do, is, that, is that real? Is that something that you have to be concerned about in your everyday life? And uh, I, I want you to know that I'm speaking here as someone who is, you know, uh, part, part of you. Because I think all of us, from time to time, we experience doubts. And uh, I won't ask for a show of hands because some of you don't like raising your hand. And then you'll feel like, well, I really should, but I don't like to. So I'm not going to do that right now. But, you know, God wants to help you and me in our doubts. God wants to meet us in our doubts. And I've been really blessed the last little while. I, I, uh, I read it again for the first time. I mean, I've read the Bible lots, especially the New Testament. Been a Christian a long time, read the Bible lots. And uh, this verse in, uh, in Jude, Jude only has one chapter, so it's Jude 1, 22, but it's really just verse 22 in the book of Jude. And I, I really have had a lot of comfort just recently because of this scripture. God's attitude and God's heart toward people that doubt sometimes. So this is for you and me, okay? It says this, And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. You know, I've, I have to tell you, I've often felt like, you know, God just is very impatient with me when I doubt. Did you ever feel like that? But God is asking you and me to show mercy to someone whose faith is wavering. Well, I, I think that he's ready to do the same. God is showing mercy to you and me, even in our doubts. He loves us. We're not fooling him. God knows what we're thinking. And he has mercy on you and me. He has compassion. He's, he says, you know what? You're going to get through this. And God is going to help you. I believe that I've got some very practical things that will really help you. And I, I want to start with three different sort of stories uh, out of the life of Christ. And the first one is where a, a person, it's interesting, Jesus and uh, his inner circle were up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he saw Elijah, and was it Moses he saw? And, you know, they had this massive, major event, and you know, Peter said, oh, I think we should build three tabernacles, you know, three, three shrines up here. And Jesus says, I, you know, you're not really getting it. No, we're not going to do that. And listen, and God intervenes, the voice, you know, listen to Jesus. And so they come down from this sort of high experience, high mountaintop experience, and come down back into town, and the rest of the disciples and other, you know, other people are all around, they're arguing. And Jesus finds out, well, what, you know, what's going on? And, you know, there is this, uh, this fellow, and he had a, a son, and this son was really going through a hard time. He couldn't speak, and every now and then he'd have these convulsions, and he'd be on the ground. And it was just a, a really heartbreaking, difficult thing. And they, you know, they said, well, we brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't help him, and you know, and Jesus is kind of going like, where's your faith? And, and I, I, I don't really know everything about 
his thoughts, Jesus' thoughts at that time. But what happened was the, the fellow said, the, the father, they brought the boy to Jesus, and, and the, the, the boy or the man, he says, uh, you know, what, where is it here? Have mercy, verse 22 in Mark chapter 9. I think it's up there. Verse 22, the spirit often, the demon, often throws him into the fire or into water and trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. I mean, he was at the end of his rope. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible. And the fellow says, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm at the end of my rope here. Listen, I believe, but help my unbelief. I, I'm struggling here. And Jesus went ahead and healed the boy. Wonderful story. Wonderful story. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can really identify with that dad. You know, I, I believe, but I still struggle sometimes with my unbelief. You know, a few of you are nodding. Is anyone else with me on this? Yeah. But God, God is here showing mercy to us. He's not here beating on us. He's here showing mercy to us. This other story, it's, it's, it's even wilder. And uh, it's, it's, I'm trying to make it as fast as possible because it's not really about the story, but the story is important to, to get the point. And he fed the 5,000. Jesus fed 5,000 people. And uh, this was across the lake, on the other side, on the, on the east side of the lake, in, uh, in the place, I think it was uh, ten, called Ten Towns, if I'm not mistaken. And it, it said, Jesus had the people sit down. 5,000 men were there. And they just, Jesus distributed uh, bread and then fish, and they all had as much as they wanted, the Bible says. John chapter 6 and verse 14. John 6, 14, you can see it there. And after the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. So they saw the sign. That's in the Bible, right? You saw the sign. And they said, surely that's the man. That's the one. Okay, so fast forward now. It gets dark. Jesus sends his disciples across the, across the lake in the boat. He's there by himself. The crowds probably, I don't know if they were just crashing wherever they could. And then Jesus decides, you know, there's a storm brewing. He decides to walk across the lake. The storm, it gets worse and worse and worse. And, you know, the, he's walking. He's overtaking the guy's in the boat, and that's where Peter walks on the water, that whole story. And then he gets in the boat, storms over it. They're right back at Capernaum, and that's, that's uh, amazing. Now the crowd's still on the other side of the lake. They're going, where's Jesus? We didn't see him get in the boat. They kind of figured, oh, let's go look for him. So they went back down to Capernaum, the same crowd, the same ones. It says they saw the sign, and they said, surely this is the one. Now, fast forward to the other side of the boat, and uh, verse 25, they found him on the other side of the lake, and they said, Teacher, when, when did you get here? How, how did you beat us here? And verse 26, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs that I performed, but because you had your fill of bread and fish. And then he goes on to say, don't, you know, don't work for food that spoils, and, and he, he goes on to say, uh, 
that, you know, I'm, I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one. And then in verse 30, uh, they asked him, okay, here's that word signs again. What sign will you give me that we may see it and believe in you? Wait a second, just yesterday, they saw the sign, they believed in him. Now they had, one day later, they didn't get stuck in the storm, but they, maybe they did, I don't know, I guess it was storming on everybody, but they ended up getting there safe and sound, and now they're asking for another sign. They ate their food, and they missed the point. The point, actually, is that Jesus wanted to teach them that he's the bread of life. But even the point that they found when they were eating, they said, I, I were seeing the sign, that's got to be him. And I want to know if you're sometimes, like I am sometimes where God is still on trial. You know, he doesn't answer the prayers I like the way, or I say the way, you know, I, I think he should. After all, I, I'm smart. I know what should happen. But Jesus doesn't always do everything I tell him to. Surprise, surprise, because he's the Lord, and I'm not. But then, <laughs> my wife says hallelujah. And then, you're going to raise a hallelujah? Uh, you know, we're so funny. I love that. I love that song. Is that the song? Yeah, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Because, you know, I am weak, but he is strong, right? Jesus loves me. Yeah. So there's the sign. There's, there's, there's that story where they're looking for a sign and they miss the whole thing. Uh, there's a story where the father says, the dad, he says, I believe. Help my unbelief. There's one more story that is uh, a, little, a little more perhaps sometimes close to home. Maybe you wouldn't even think of it this way about faith. But Jesus, uh, in Luke chapter 17, uh, we could, I could go into all kinds of background, but it's just these three partial stories here I want to bring out. Uh, Jesus, he says, watch out for yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them even seven times in one day. Seven times in one day. Oh, my goodness, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> I don't know if I can pull that one off. You've got to help me here, God. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. But I want to give you what I believe are some very practical tools for your spiritual toolbox. And uh, if you don't like the idea of a toolbox, maybe it's a sewing kit, or maybe it's the pantry in your kitchen, or whatever it is that you can relate to. Um, but, but first of all, uh, this, is, this, is my, this is my megaphone. Can you hear me? And uh, people were wondering, why did I have a megaphone? In, why did I bring a megaphone to church? I made this with my own two hands. You know, look at that. Who says I can't do crafts, you know? But... I, I believe that, and actually, when Mia was sharing earlier, she shared this very point right here. And it's all about what, what I'm going to call pray the word. How can we increase our faith? The first way that I want to suggest to you is to pray the word. Don't 
necessarily, I mean, we can tell God our needs and he cares and he, we can, it's not like he can't do that. But I want to ask you to take it up just a little notch here. And when you pray, pray the word. Use biblical, doesn't have to be King James Version or even New King James Version. It can be your own, you know, your own sort of meaning of the same of the of the words because it says here in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 it says faith comes from hearing and it goes on to say in hearing by the word of God if you don't hear your voice speak the word you're missing out okay and we're very quiet in fact I was quite surprised that I was talking to someone this goes back 12 years now and I, I had known this person for a long time they're very talkative this person very loud and fun, and it came to prayer time, and uh, we were going to do something. Actually, we we're going to lead worship together, and this person said to me, "Well, I I don't do like praying out loud," and I, I and I I really found it hard to believe because it was so far away from her personality, right? Oh, I was trying not to even identify the gender, but I did anyway. You don't you don't probably know this person, so anyways. Uh, when you speak out loud to God, it helps you, listen, it, this is true. It, it might not be, I can't find a biblical verse to prove this, but if you have thoughts that you're trying to deal with that are doubtful thoughts, speak out loud the truth that you do believe. Let yourself, let yourself hear what you're saying. The word of God. Pray the word of God. There's a very old and perhaps uh, familiar diagram that I'd like to get up on the screen if I could, and it comes from the four spiritual laws, and it's an old-fashioned locomotive coal-driven train, okay? Sometimes we've seen those at least in a movie or whatever. My wife and I actually were on, what's the name of that? West Coast, not West Coast Express, whatever that old coal train was. We Remember, we got to go up to the Royal Hudson. That's it. And anyways, thank you so much, Steve. Anyways, the coal is like your faith. The engine, now they use fact, faith, and feelings, and that's because they all start with the letter F, and it's, you know, that's what people do. But it's, it's the engine, it's the coal car, and it's the caboose. And it's the truth, and it is our faith, and it is our emotions. And we have these emotions and we have these fears and insecurities and anxieties. Anybody? And we try to drive the train with those, our life with those things. And we respond and we obey those things. And those things are only meant to, not meant, sorry. Let me, un, uh, let me take that whole thing back. Those things will not prove to be what you want in your life. Because your emotions, we don't deny our emotions. We have emotions. We acknowledge our emotions. They're right along with us. But as like a caboose does, a caboose has only really one helpful, besides being a house for the train staff, they have a brake on the back. So they will, you know, they will slow you down and drag you down. But they won't drive you where you want to go. And so what we want to do is we want to have our faith in the truth. And when we pray, oh Lord, I'm feeling so this and I'm feeling so, okay, it's good. Un unpack it. 
Tell Jesus exactly what's going on because he cares. But don't leave it there. Pray the word of God. And I've even got some suggestions here. I've got some suggestions. And, and so you, you, fight, yeah, you fight your thoughts with words. And here's, here's uh, two examples that you can do. Anyone heard of the word anxiety since COVID? Okay, so here's something that you can do when you're praying. Oh, God, please help me not be anxious. Amen. Well, that's, that's good, but how about better or best? Lord, according to your word, according to your promise, I'm casting my anxieties on you, and you promised in your word that if I do that, that you're going to fill me with perfect peace, and I'm coming to you with thanksgiving because that's what your word tells me to do, and I know that you are going to provide peace to my soul. See, that, that will help you with your faith. That will build up your faith. When you're praying for someone who is sick, oh, Jesus... You know that person is suffering, and, and you know I care about this, and you care about this, and that's so good. Thank you, Jesus. That's, that's all good. But how about, how about bring something from the Word into your prayers? That same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in this person, dwells in me. God, you promised, according to your Word, you will bring that person to life. You'll give life to that mortal body because of the Holy Spirit that's in that person. See, pray the word that will help you with your faith. When we worship, worship is part, actually, no offense to the worship team, just a part of prayer. The Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, begins with praise and worship. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. And then at the end of the prayer, it's for yours, it's the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So you've got worship and praise on both ends, and it's, it's vertical. Okay? And so when we're praising the Lord and worship here in, in the place, I want to tell you, I get encouraged when we come together and you all are worshiping with me. That builds me up. That builds up my faith. And it's, it's even better when I'm participating instead of just sitting there listening i do a lot of listening to praise and worship when i'm working but it's it's even better when i pray and worship with the word of god amen that's so good number two. Oh my goodness what on earth does this have to do with anything this happens to be a brand new hose, and it's dry on the inside. Now, if we'd like this hose to become wet, one of the first things we should probably do is hook it up to a source of water, right? And then I would have, if I did that and I turned on the tap, I'd probably have a, a wet hose. It'd be so wonderful. I'd have a wet hose. That'd be great. Wouldn't it be way better than a dry hose? But this hose is, it, it is nice to have it wet and blessed with that holy water. And I'm just kind of mix my metaphors here. But this hose has a purpose, and it will be wet if it gives away all the water that it has inside. It will be no drier 
by giving away the water because the hose is not the source of the life. The hose is just the hose. It, it carries the water from the tap, from the source, to the place where it's intended to be, in the garden. So this scripture, I'm, I am going to preach now, back to, back to the sermon. Uh, Jude chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 20. Jude, Jude 20. And this point is the second point, and this is you can use your faith to encourage someone else's faith, and that will build your faith. One of the wo most wonderful like, blessings in my life, I'm so grateful that God called me to be a pastor, and I just, I'm so grateful. God has called each one of us to be ministers in that way. Pastor Matt knows that's true. Anyone else? God has called each one of us to be ministers, and you have the Word of God in you. If you don't, get some. And there's more where that came from. And you can pass it on to someone else, and that will build up your faith. That is how you can build. Lord, increase my faith. Okay, I'm going to go to Alistair. I'm going to say, you know, Alistair, God's going to help you in your life. God has a good plan for you. You know what that does for me? That makes me encouraged because I know it's true. It's not only true for him, it's true for me. And I'm grateful for that. That builds my faith when I share a faith and help someone else. And like it says here, you dear friends, you brothers, sisters, you must build each other up in your most holy faith. This is, this is set apart. This is, that's what holy means, it's set apart. It, it's something that only believers can do and only believers have is that holy faith. And you can build someone else up in their holy faith and you don't have to do it, you know, with a microphone from the front. You can do it, you know, just when it, wherever you are. And, uh, and that, that is one of the ways that you can build up your faith. So the first way you can build up your faith is to pray the word. Let yourself, let yourself hear yourself, hear yourself speak out the word of God. And, the sec and that's the truth. It may not, you know, you can talk about your feelings, and it's really good to do. It's very important, especially... You know, guys are, have a hard time with that sometimes. But that's not where you end. That, it just, that clears the air. That clears out all the stuff. And now we bring in the Word of God, right? And then the second thing is that you can be a channel for God's grace. You have the Word of God in you. If you only have one Scripture, you can share that Scripture with somebody else. And you can encourage them, and that will encourage you. It will. The third thing. The third thing, I was talking to uh, someone this morning, and they went to the gym for the first time yesterday, and they said, oh, I'm so stiff. <laughs> but, you know, what you, you need to realize, you have to use it or, or lose it, okay? And you have faith if you've ever come. Have you ever prayed a prayer? Has anyone ever prayed a prayer in the house? How about you at home? Have you ever prayed a prayer? You have some kind of faith, and that faith, you know, it might be like my pencil arms and, and I, you know, but I still have some kind of muscle there that if I use it more, it'll grow. And if you have a little bit of faith, you can use that faith and it will grow. Your faith will just, it, that's just the way life works. 
you exercise your faith. And it says in 2 Timothy 1, 6, it says, fan into flame. Fan into flame. You've got these embers of faith. Start fanning. Build them up. You, you can do that not only for others, but for yourself as well. And uh, here's, here's some examples. Okay? I am not afraid. Well, actually, maybe I am. Okay. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. So that's when I'm exercising my faith. When I'm going through a hard struggle, I can put my trust in Jesus Christ. That is a confession or an affirmation of faith. And how about this one? You know, <laughs> we think of this and we apply it everywhere except where it was originally applied sometimes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ever heard of that scripture? You know what it's talking about? Not having enough money. I don't know if you've ever experienced not having enough money, but I often have too much month at the, lift, at the end of my money, right? And that is what this scripture is originally. You can use it for other things. It's okay. No, I'm not trying to tell you you can't. I'm just saying originally this was about enough money. And Paul says, I know what it's like to have enough and actually have quite a bit. And that I also know how it is not to have enough. But I've learned to be content in all things, and I can be content in all situations. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we're going through difficult things. We can use the Word of God and just exercise that faith. And I know, I, I mean, I care. It's, I, if it's hard right now for you, I care about that. Jesus cares about that. But what you and I need to do is not just go with our emotions and stay there, but feed that engine <laughs> with our faith and say, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to make it through. I'm going to be content. I'm going to be godly. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be uh, passionate. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to do these things in spite of the fact that I'm going through stuff. Because I'm, I'm ready to use it or lose it. So faith in or Jesus alive, he's alive in me and in my doubts. When I'm doubtful, he's merciful. When I'm doubtful, he's merciful. He's not on my case. And he loves me. He loves you. And we can, we can get through this together. Amen, amen, amen.